Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Adam Eggleston with First Christian Church. I'm so excited this morning to get to share with you something that God has put on my heart. Let me start off by asking you a question. Have you ever played with Play-Doh? That's a weird question, right? But my guess is most of us have had some kind of experience with this stuff. They came up with this stuff in the 50s. So whether you know as it, it was as a child ourselves or maybe playing with our kids or maybe your grandkids even, you've probably seen the stuff and played with it at some point. Maybe you've taught in school or maybe you've taught Sunday school in a church in the past. And if so, you know that Play-Doh is just as much a staple of children's ministry as goldfish and juice boxes are. I've spent a lot of time thinking about Play-Doh lately, probably way too much time thinking about Play-Doh. And we're going to focus a lot on it this morning. So I'm going to need you to use your imagination with me um, and pretend that you've got some Play-Doh of various colors in front of you uh, to play with. Now if you need to close your eyes to picture it, go ahead. That is, unless you're driving or working, then you need to keep your eyes open. But if you're at home and you're not going to fall asleep on me, then close your eyes and get a good picture in front of you. Now this is one of those lessons that I'm just loving and I'm really excited about it because God just kind of dropped it on me out of nowhere. I was in the car rider line waiting to pick my boys up from school when it just kind of hit me. Play-Doh. Play-Doh explains the church. So I'm kind of calling this uh, message this morning the parable of the Play-Doh. Um, but Play-Doh explains the people of the church. It explains the way we interact as well as our faith and gifts. So much of who we are and who we can be. Start with the idea that each container of Play-Doh is a person. Okay, we've got to get that down to be able to move forward with this metaphor. Each container of Play-Doh is a person. Now separately, they're the people of God, but when they come together, that's when they can make something really beautiful. Because God is so much bigger than any of the differences between the containers. Imagine I have in front of me containers of orange and blue and green and purple and pink and yellow and any other colors of Play-Doh that come to mind for you. You know, there's these different colors and each lid shows us what we're supposed to be getting. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, they're all still Play-Doh. Just like with people, at the end of the day, they're all still people. They're all still made in the image of God. They're equally valuable. The purple Play-Doh didn't cost any more than the yellow did. The green and the pink were the exact same price. Just because I'm orange Play-Doh doesn't mean that the green Play-Doh isn't just as amazing. Each one is created wonderfully for its own purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We each have a God-given purpose. Imagine 
if you were setting down to create something specific out of the Play-Doh, you would want to choose the one that best fit your intentions. If you were going to make a sunshine, you'd pick the yellow. If you uh, were trying to go uh, extravagant and make a Statue of Liberty, you're going to need the green one. If you're going to make a river, you're probably going to want to use the blue one. I know, sometimes kids get creative and swap out colors, but generally we pick the ones that fit our intentions of what we're trying to do. So why would we think it would be any different for God when he's choosing us and giving us our jobs? Just as the Hasbro company made the dough inside each of the containers, God made everything inside of us to be for what he intended us for. Accordingly, each person has a spiritual gift or gifts inside of them. So imagine taking the lid off your container and allowing the dough to come out and be played with and to be used to make something beautiful. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same God distributes them all. There are different kinds of service, but for the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. There are lots of jobs that need filled within a church from music to the music and the preaching are kind of the ones that are seen and thought about because they're on stage, but there's so many behind the scenes things that have to happen all the children's department teachers, the people who fill communion trays, the people who clean, the people who, you know, printed bulletins and did this, answered phones. There's, there's so many different ways that we serve. There's people who uh, are really good at writing cards of encouragement to people. Um, there are people who are really good cooks and they come through when somebody needs a meal in a hard time. There are people who their biggest thing is knowing when somebody's going through a hard time and finding a way to give them help. They're all united around God. Now that same chapter of Corinthians, it goes on later to use the imagery of the human body. And it tells us, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Just as the church is made up of many people, all different types of people. It goes on to say, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has placed each and every person 
in the church for a reason. He's got you right where you're supposed to be. I know a lot of us question that a lot of days. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I'll tell you that if you're in the church and you're doing the work God gives you, then yes, he's putting you right where you need to be, right when you need to be, to do the things that glorify him and take care of his creation. That passage shows us that through God, the differences that once divided no longer can. With a world that's as divided as it is, I can't think of better news than that outside of the gospel of Jesus itself. I can't simply say that the green team doesn't belong with us. All the divisions that he listed, Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, all these things that kept their groups of people apart, he said that that doesn't matter anymore. You know, Jesus' disciples tried this in Mark chapter 9. They came to him telling him that they had found a guy doing miracles in his name, but they stopped him because, quote, he wasn't one of us. I mean, picture that in your mind for a minute. Try to see the story as it's playing out. Jesus' disciples coming back to him to let him know what they've been out doing. And they're telling him, we found this guy doing miracles in your name. So we stopped him. You can almost just picture Jesus kind of rubbing his forehead and asking them, so you found a guy that could do miracles. Yep. And he was doing them through faith in me. Yeah. He specifically mentioned my name. Yeah. And you stopped him. Yep. Jesus put a stop to that real quick by pointing out exactly that, that he he is on the same team. He's serving the same God. The same God that had given these guys all of their gifts had given this guy the gift to be able to go out and do that. He's serving the same God. Each type of Plato is created specifically to fill a purpose that only it can. Far too often the church limits itself and its abilities by valuing one Plato over another or exclusively listening to one over another. Think about some of the things that divide the people of the world. Things that, you know, as the church, it, we should be different and we shouldn't carry those things through our doors, but we, we still do. Think of the things that make each Plato seem different. Now, often with Plato, we see the immediate differences on the lid of the different colors. But what would happen if we took the color blue away from a painting of the River Jordan? We'd be missing something big, right? We, we wouldn't be able to see the whole picture without that one key part. And the world works the same way. When we as a people don't take the time to interact with different colors of people, we miss out on a big piece of the picture. 
And what about something smaller, like sports teams? Are you any less of Play-Doh because you're a maroon and orange swirl and I'm a blue and orange swirl? I don't think so. We share the orange in common, and if we stand on that common ground, how much more can we achieve? How much more can we achieve when that common ground is God? And that may seem like a silly example, but let's look for a second here at one that isn't as silly because we see it as much more divisive. That's our political colors. What happens when a red Play-Doh comes up against a blue Play-Doh? I'm not saying those things aren't important. You know, I know where I stand, and I can be very opinionated sometimes. But why would the people of God let themselves be separated by something that's smaller than God? God's bigger, right? We've got to be careful. That big divide is leading to a rise in what they're calling Christian nationalism, which is placing our faith in politics, not in God. So often we're trying to use politics to point to God when we should be going through God to reach politics in our nation. We stop seeing the Play-Doh inside the container and only see the color of the lid. We need to be pointing to God first, whether everybody else is or not. But let's go to what actually happens when two types of Play-Doh actually meet butt up against each other, and once they've been together for a while, really spent time up against each other, what happens when you pull them back apart? There's this bit of residue on each other. The blue takes a bit of red with it. The red takes away a bit of blue. It doesn't change the core of who the person is. They are still the color they were before, but they have a new perspective, a new understanding of the other person that helps them to communicate with them and to work together with them to create something new. Within the context of the church, this can lead to a new color, a new collaboration of gifts that continues to make the church more beautiful. This is the big principle I want to point out with the Plato, the the big takeaway from all this is that once you start moving beyond what separates you and begin to see those differences as an asset, you can begin to both let your own color shine through and create collaborations that give a new gift to the church. That's really important. I'm going to back up and say that again. Once you start moving beyond what separates you and begin to see those differences as an asset, you can begin to both let your own color shine through and create collaborations that give a new gift to the church. So you take the orange, teal, and yellow people and Together, they create a new, beautiful, mossy green color that none of them could have been on their own. Humans are made to be in that type of community. God said that it wasn't good for man to be alone. God himself is 
in community as the Trinity. We're created to not live in isolation. We need the other people. And I believe that this past year has isolated us so much. And I think we've started to lose sight of the beauty of the harmony when we come together. Loneliness is being reported at ever higher rates. I heard the other day that the UK has even appointed a new cabinet position, so to speak, a minister of loneliness. They created a new job in their government for somebody to try to solve loneliness. Because we weren't made to be alone. Go back to the Play-Doh. Take a nice ocean blue and a lavender. Put them together and there's, there's this new shade of blue that we would never see if they didn't live in community together. Put that blue together with the mossy green from a few moments ago and there's yet another color that would not have been achieved by any one color on its own. Think to the relationships we see in the New Testament. Paul needed people in his life. He needed Barnabas to be there as an encouragement. Barnabas built Paul up so that his own color could shine through even brighter. In turn, Paul had Timothy, a young man whom he mentored, not only affecting Timothy's color in a good way, but allowing his original color to shine through more brightly as well. We all need those Barnabases, the Timothys, the Pauls in our lives. People pouring life into us and people we pour life into. But to do that, we have to be involved in people's lives. Pink has to be checking in on green. Orange needs to be spending enough time with purple to really know what's going on in its life. You have to live in community with someone to really know what their gift is and understand how your gifts can mesh together into something great. But there are things about ourselves as well that keep us from allowing this to happen. Some people here us speak about the gifts inside the container, the things God wants to show them, but they won't open the lid. They won't even take the plastic wrap off of it. They think that by keeping everything sealed up inside, they're safe. Safe from disappointment, from critics, from vulnerability, from a thousand different things. They like their Play-Doh to stay just the way it is without being affected by anyone around them. But I can't imagine what it's like to not open a Christmas gift because the wrapping paper seems nice. In this scenario, nobody can benefit from the gift that's being hidden inside. The world needs the gifts you have hidden inside. What part of the church or what individual is not getting what they need because of a gift left unopened? Some people keep the lid on because they know what is inside and they don't want you to see it. Imagine a container of orange Play-Doh. That lid stuck on there good. They've practically glued it shut. But it was to hide the fact that on the inside, they were blue all along. That has several connotations, doesn't it? Both the idea of being blue as in sad, and they're putting on a happy face to mask it, and the idea of being a different color character than what you think everybody expects you to be. 
both those types of people come to church and they hide who they really are. And in some ways I get that. There are far too many people who have opened up the lid, shown what was inside, and were misused, abused, however you want to phrase it. They, they were hurt so badly for it and shoved back into the bottom of the container that they don't want to risk it again. Some people open their lid and their misuse came from not being able to put the lid back on. And what happens to Plato? It's been left out and exposed to the world without being refreshed for too long. The same thing that can happen to people. Hearts harden just like Pharaoh's did. The entire person can become crusty and dried out and not useful anymore for what it was intended and honestly not much fun to be around. What happens when you try to put that person's faith into action, when the rubber meets the road and the tension is on? Just like squeezing Play-Doh that's been left out for a week, it crumbles to pieces. The same thing happens to people who sit near a church instead of being connected to the church to get that life-giving hope. Each of these Plato's are intended to become something. Isaiah tells us in chapter 64 that God is the potter and we are the clay, the work of his hands. Jeremiah tells us that that formation has been happening since before we were born. The world needs each of us to shine who it is God is making us to be. Now let's go one more direction. Because I know somebody's out there thinking it. What happens when you take all of those colors you've got in front of you and you truly mix them up until you can't see the individual colors anymore? Well, they kind of turn into this grayish purple looking about like a rock. And that's okay too. Because for this part of the metaphor, I want you to think of the hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. You see, that rock is the thing we have in common. When we all come together, and the more we come together, the more we should look like Jesus. I'm not you know, trying to make some metaphor or even a joke about conformity here, but the big fancy word sanctification, it's just that. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we look like Jesus. And he's going to become the foundation, and he gives a framework to everything we do as a church. Any building without a foundation is doomed. Jesus carried that rock metaphor over when he renamed Cephas to be Peter, which means rock, and so that he would use that rock to build his church. We're all here today because Peter fulfilled that God-given mission. He wasn't afraid to let his gifts out into the open. But the mission isn't complete because Jesus also said that the gates of hell wouldn't overcome the church. I don't know if you've noticed, but gates don't move. The church has to. We're to storm out into the world, overrun the gates of hell, and rescue those who are far from God. Peter reminds us that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are who we are because of God. And as such, we go out and spread that light to others. 
We can only do this by opening up our gifts and using them together as the church. You see, as the church, everybody has a particular spot that only they can fill. I'm not talking about, you know, a seat in the pew that you're in my spot no everybody has a role they have a purpose they have this place in the church that only they can fill far too often the church finds itself in a place where people are doing the jobs not because they're the right person but because the right people never step up to do it we fill in with what we've got everybody has at least one spiritual gift from God So where can yours be put to use? Who can you team up with that you previously hadn't thought about teaming up with? What would it look like for you to combine your spiritual gifts into something the church hadn't seen before? I tell you, it's always incredible when we stop holding back and just watch God work. So picture if we took all those colors of Play-Doh, connected them to their right place, and they became a stained glass window, a stained glass church. I don't know if you've seen a stained glass window at night, but there's really not much to see. It's only when the light comes pouring through that it reveals its true beauty. Likewise, all of us, whatever colors of Plato we are, we don't reveal our true beauty until the light of Christ is shining through us as well. So here's the question, where do you fit into that picture? What color of Play-Doh are you this morning? Are you keeping an orange lid on to hide how blue you are? Are you pretending to be green because you're afraid that if they really knew how purple you really are, you think the church wouldn't accept you? But Jesus came for all types. He already knows everything that you're hiding, and he wants to help with the burdens you think you have to carry. Jesus prayed for all of us. Um, He prayed that we would find a unity that only happens within his foundation. So won't you give him that opportunity this morning to bring you in, to mold you to your spot, to shine his light through you, and through the ways you interact as the body of the church. The world needs gifts inside your Play-Doh container. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We cannot say thank you enough for everything that you do for us. You form us before we were ever a thought in anyone's mind, you were already at work creating exactly who we would be, what our container would look like, what it would hold, what it was going to be used to make. You see us, truly see us for who we are and everything that we can be. Father, your greatest gift to us is Jesus. 
loving salvation. The fact that you came to earth showed us how it's supposed to be. Died to take away our imperfections. Take away the the sting of death. Take away everything that was holding us back from you. We just thank you for that. God, I pray for each and every one of the people who are listening in this morning. I pray that wherever you find them, you will lift them up, comfort them, encourage them, heal them. Whatever it is they are needing, I pray that you will meet it. I pray that you will show them where they fit into your kingdom. What it is that the world needs from them. What it is that you're counting on them to do. Father, just bless them and help them to return next week. We pray for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.